Now entering Nerdist.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Jonah Ray. Dio can't make it because he's fucking Danzig in the ass. Now, if you just... <laughs> Is this the way it's going to be? <laughs> you can't undercut the, the, the podcast you're a part of. Aww. Just get... Okay. <laughs> Neil has now taken control of the uh, soundboard and uh, derailed the entire first part of the podcast. Can I not speak? Because I have not bit- yet. Because you haven't been introduced. Hold on now. Let's just start it. Beep doop. Okay. Thanks for joining us. Uh, our guest today is uh, from Conversations with Matt Dwyer, Fucktard. <laughs> that is the title we've gone with. Yeah, it's so weird that your name is Fucktard, yet you chose to make it seem like it's Matt Dwyer because of your podcast. Yeah, I, I've tried to hide that I'm a fucktard, but I, you just can't hide it. The, yeah. the public wanted to speak too loudly. Uh, and also with us, as always, is our producer, Cash Hartzell. Cash, say what's up. Hey, everybody. I said, say what's, what's up. What's up is what he said. What, what's up? No, not what, what's up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, on the uh, ones and millions of sound bites is Neil the Joke Man, <laughs> Martlin. Oh, thanks. That's really nice. It's too bad Thanks, people guys. can't see uh, Neil's face when he does the soundbite thing because uh, it like he, his face glows like a retarded kid getting something right. <laughs> okay, you can't. <laughs> if anyone says anything that you don't think is funny, you can't just throw in the boo thing every time. Don't do it now. Boo! Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, that theme song was by Patrick McCormick. You could uh, also submit your own Jonah Radio theme songs uh, by emailing them to jonahradio at gmail.com. Now, Neil, let's get into some music news. Music news. Do you remember what we did every other time? <laughs> no. Is yes, you do. Think about, look at the soundboard and think about it. Nope, nope, nope. Hey Neil, oh, let's, let's, hey, Neil, let's get into some music news. No, that's what we did last time introducing Steve. Neil, let's get into some music news. No, no, no. Don't I show, don't, don't, don't give away all, don't show your cards to everybody. Everyone's going to. I don't. Oh, fuck. Hey, Neil, let's get into some music news. There we go. Ah, there we go. Sorry. <laughs> right. I don't listen to this show. Oh, my God. You were there the other two times, weren't you? Yeah, but I didn't have headphones. Come on, Neil. Get it together. You are a smelly pirate hooker. <laughs> <laughs> Is it bad that I've both of the first two bands that he sampled there, I, I've participated in live things with oh yeah have you live I things don't... is that like a sex act <laughs> yes Do you want to participate in some live things with me uh when kiss took off their makeup they couldn't get groupies anymore so i became their uh, fuck toy oh <laughs> no i saw thing. george thorogood was my second live concert that i saw at poplar creek outside chicago did it make you feel <laughs> johnny winter the albino blues guitarist opened for him true story i'm a big edgar winter fan Edgar Winter. And then I, I went to uh, the flip side in uh, Lincolnwood in Chicago and got 
uh, Kiss Lick It Up album uh, autographed. Oh, wow. So just uh, all four or just Gene? No, uh, Gene, Paul, Vinnie Vincent, and oh. uh, who couldn't be less happy to be there. <laughs> and I forgot who that. Oh, Eric Carr, who's now deceased. No. Oh. So Rock and roll. That's, that's how you end the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. You'll get it. <laughs> Not to intimidate you guys with my fancy rock and roll stories, because I know this is a music show, but... What was your first music? <sighs> no, it's not that time. What are you running the ship for? It's music news. So man. I can't say? God, oh, Neil, music news. Neil, let's get some music news. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Spin recently did a list of the scariest frontmen of rock and roll. And can anyone, one of you, guess who might have been on top? Axl Rose. No, not not scary in like a, an intimidating way. Not like, oh, he, like he's not going to eat all your pizza kind of way. <laughs> Axl Rose? No, no, no. <laughs> not in a way where he's going to just like you know steal all of your ice cream, but in an intimidating way physically, like seen live. Uh, the dude from Smash Mouth. No, no, no. Not a guy that's just going to have a cookout and invite all the bros in the neighborhood. I'm talking about. Wait, the guy from Live. No, he's a Krishna. Is he a Krishna? He had that Krishna ponytail. He alone loves you. Okay. That's a that's a reference on top of the thing that you don't put a fucking boo on there. <laughs> you, you don't even know. <laughs> shit. All right. Well, this is what was at number one on Spin's uh, Scariest Frontman. Wait, wait, wait. You should go up. Like, uh, no, 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 from no, 10 no, down. Back a few. No, I don't want to. Okay. Because it's, it it's not my thing. Oh, it's okay. their list. I just want to, have a, I want to have a conversation about how number one was Gigi Allen. Oh, yeah, right, that, yeah, that makes sense. Gigi Allen and the Murder Junkies. I'm guy a- guy would get naked, throw shit at people. Yeah. And, like, punt, just beat the shit out of people. He'd shove goldfish up his ass, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, Pe- Pepperidge Farm goldfish? <laughs> <laughs> Petridge yeah. Farm remembers. Then he would, then he would, uh, he would just fart out a meal. <laughs> Not on your own jokes. <laughs> I mean, no, I was laughing at my Pepperidge Farm remembers. Uh, how many glasses of wine did you guys have at dinner? We had three, but we had a 30-minute wait in the 7-Eleven parking lot because we all kind of pooched that ride back to your house. <laughs> um, but here's the thing about the uh, Gigi Allen number one. We can all agree that like I would not want to go see – if he were still alive, I would not want to go see a Gigi Allen show. No. In yeah. fear. No. In Absolutely. fear. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess you would call it fear, but also just like, oh, that doesn't appeal to me. No. I mean, it's, there's something to be said about going to see a train wreck. You know, to see the kind of people who are going to dare get up close. But, you know, that guy could probably fling some poo. Not, to, not to show my age, but I was in, I was able to, I got invited to a couple of his shows in Chicago. Personally by him? Personally by him. We, uh, no, but he used to play at the exit in Chicago, and, and I was just like, no. Yeah. Here's a lyric from uh, uh, G.G. Allen's song. I fuck you with AIDS. I fuck everything. I kill everything I fuck. That. No? Was that wrong? <laughs> no, I think right. that was actually you quoted E.E. E. E. Cummings. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. No, that's E.E. E. E. Cummings. <laughs> I remember that one. Yeah. Shape of a um, here was thing. second place on that list was Danzig. Now, that seems like a huge jump from one to two. Yeah. I would have put David Yao before Danzig. Exactly. We early, On an earlier episode, Neil talked about how he got bonked in the head by David Yao. Yeah. And that's that's scary. But Danzig? It seems like if you don't fuck with him, he don't fuck with you, unless you try to steal a brick from his front yard. <laughs> also, there was that video of him getting decked, which also kind of... Took he started it. Yeah. 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 He pushed the guy that was towering above him. Yeah. And 
what I don't know what he expected. Did he expect I'm Danzig? No one's going to fucking retaliate. Probably, or he th- probably thought people would jump in. You think so? Yeah, I would. Got spun. Yeah, I, I know I wouldn't shove a guy unless I knew people were going to jump in. My favorite part though is that after the whole like melee, you can't really see what's going on. You hear some girl going sucker punch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy really sucker punched the guy that just shoved him. Yeah, she wasn't promoting the movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, in other news, the bass guitar uh, played by Nirvana's Chris Novoselic, uh, the one he smashed in the iconic video for Smells Like Teen Spirit, goes up for auction next month at Christie's of London with an opening price of nearly $30,000. And for an extra 5000 you can get that janitor from the same video. Oh. Yeah, he can be your janitor for just <laughs> quite a, little, a little bit. There's other items up for, uh, for sale, though. Uh, the big hands from the Foo Fighters video. I get those. The Mike D's mustache from the Sabotage video. For real? Yeah, and MC Scat Cat. Scat, <laughs> Scat Cat? From the Paul Abdul video, Opposites oh. Attract. It's just in a box and you can't open it. <laughs> yeah. Who else was on the list of uh, front, scary frontmen? Uh, they say, they just, it's weird because they just say dwarves, but I guess they're referring to Black Dahlia. But at the same time, uh, they all were pretty horrible to their audience. I don't know much about the dwarves. Dwarves, they had a, you know, they had a, it was a good stuff, just kind of like crazy rock and roll stuff. But they, uh, uh, as a college student, Christian Smith saw the dwarves' carnage in Atlanta in 1992. There was a stream of projectiles, and it wasn't just a singer smashing people with his mic. I also saw both guitarists and the bassist use their instruments to bash and club people. Wow. Yeah. Um, Abel Cunt is in here. I rem- I remember hearing of them only as a band with a crazy name yeah anal cunt and the they her- played my first wedding <laughs> <laughs> the heroin sheiks are on here don't know them see i don't that's the thing is like none of these bands are like you i've i have no one ever was like oh i saw the heroin sheiks and I, that was terrifying i got yeah i know it's almost like i shouldn't have brought it up in the first place oh are you blaming me for this <laughs> well you would think it would start with gg allen and then like i mean david yow set himself on fire once like but that's only har- harming himself well, what if somebody was wearing polyester near him? Hey, Dwyer, do you have you ever heard the story about Yao where he, you know those um those playground horses that are on springs? Yeah. Um that he had a crucifix affixed to one of those and had himself duct taped to the crucifix and then had someone pull him all the way to the ground and then let him go as the band started? Yeah, I do vaguely remember something about that. He also told a story, I think he I don't know if he told me after we recorded on my show but of throwing uh they had a bunch of records that got misprinted, so they couldn't sell them. So he was throwing them into the audience, Whoa. Like, like frisbees. And then he noticed like one of them like stuck into the ceiling, and he was like, "Oh, if that would have hit somebody <laughs> in the face, <laughs> it would have just it, been like the like the first zombie scene in uh, Shaun of the Dead." Just yeah, the records and thrown into skulls. I was going to reference uh, what was the guy from the James Bond movies with the hat? Odd job. Odd, Odd job. job. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to take that again? <laughs> Wow, this is a lot of fun to be ridiculed. Yeah, that's why. Uh, no, this is good because I wasn't going to go home to see my family for the holidays, so I get all that humiliation get all that here. In. Yeah. Um, so Hurricane Sandy just uh, hit up the uh, the other side of the country, and it tore off portions of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame oh. in Cleveland, uh, and it caused nearly as much damage damage to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as the induction over the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> 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 Um, and also, I, this week, 
is the 10th anniversary of the death of Jam Master Jay. The, uh, the it's 10 years ago? 10 years ago, Jam Master Jay, the DJ for Run DMC, died. Got shot. Murdered. Yeah. 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 Not just died. Murdered. Murdered. And so here's the, here's the thing. It was kind of a bummer, but it was almost immediately after he died that there was a Dr. Pepper commercial with LL Cool J and Run DMC. And I'm going to play the audio, and you'll see that it's it seems fine. This was immediately after. I remember watching this and flipping out. Listen at the end of the commercial. What you seeing didn't start with LL today. Take it from me. Run DMC paved the way with Jam Master J. The K-I-N-G's. Run D and Dr. Pepper. That's originality. The taste of Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. The taste of originality. Salutes individuality. Individual. Gives life, personality. Be you. Do what you do. Here comes you. Be you. Nothing better than Dr. Pepper. Run DMC and Jam. Dr. Pepper. Oh. Whoa. What? <laughs> what? This was right after the same year he had been shot. Their friend, the guy they came up with, the, what a huge reason that they were superstars. Run DMC and jam Dr. Pepper. <laughs> jam Dr. Pepper. Try the airlines a lot faster and get a free meal. <laughs> I wanted a joke. I follow you into the job and watch you take a leak. Yeah. That was a blind... Blind guess at that drop? I yeah. apologize. Yes, and it seemed to go perfectly with what we were talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, so isn't that fucking insane? That's so... <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Neil, I could easily take it away. I'll stop. It won't stop, but I'll... <laughs> it's, it's almost... I'm speechless about how offensive that is. And That's just like so and gratuitously... And it's like they cut him off. They cut him off. Run DMC and Jim. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> hey. Hey, y'all. There's, there's, there's 13 tastes in this can. Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. You know, I just recently went to the Dr. Pepper website. And I don't know if I talked about this on this podcast, but uh, if you go to the Dr. Pepper website, you could uh, design your own shirt. They have a shirt uh, thing where you can, it says, I'm a, and usually, you know, their whole slogan is, I'm a pepper. And it has a Dr. Pepper logo. But you can put anything you want after I'm a. So I put a, I'm a Mr. Pib drinker, and it has a Dr. Pepper logo on it, and I bought it from the fucking saw, Dr. Pepper. You posted that, didn't you? Then our, uh, our good bud, uh, Jason Wolliner, made his own, and it says, I'm a Holocaust denier. <laughs> <laughs> and they printed it and sent it to him. <laughs> so um, just to, I'm not sure who to be mad at. I can't really be mad at Run DMC. One of them's dead. Yeah, you can be mad at them. You could be, yeah, you could definitely. I yeah, I could be mad at him. Yeah, but like, let's just. Uh, I'd say it's more so on Doctor Pepper. Doctor, Pe- like, who? It's like, and then you know, your friend that just died. We're just going to put our name on top of it. The whole thing? No, no, we'll leave in jam. I, I don't <laughs> so think. That, I wonder if they were thinking that was going to take off. Hey, let's jam some Doctor Pepper, dogs. <laughs> hey, friends. Yeah, I don't think you can be mad at Dr. Pepper because they're just money grubbing fucks and they'll do whatever. Hey, <laughs> uh, I forgot they sponsor your show. Yeah, but I mean, like you know, the rest of Run DMC and it's just they're just like, yeah, whatever. We'll take some money and forget the guy that like. I hope, I hope that they took all the money that was made off of that and gave it to Jam Master Jay's family. I I think it was probably they were attempting to do something that's never been done before, which is actually replace a departed band member with a product. 
So it would have been just <laughs> a giant can of Dr. Pepper behind the ones and twos yeah, the rest of the time. And then that tested didn't work out. It just like it would just be a can. Like it would be like the Sarah Silverman program when they're in the tab outfits. Yeah. And right. it would just be, uh, yeah. And they would just like, uh, like, they would change every song to be about, Dr. you know. Pepper. Yeah, I'm the king, Dr. Pepper. There is none tastier. If you're gonna, if you're gonna drink me, put it on some ice cubes here. Um, there's <laughs> Dr. Pepper this way. Drink this way. That's uh, the collaboration they did with Aerosmith, as we all know, sponsored yeah. by Geritol. <laughs> you don't even know what that is. You it's just know it means people. old people. It's, yeah, exactly. And people in the fifties talked about it. Yeah, <laughs> old people in the fifties. Um, guys, big news today: Disney, the company Disney, bought Lucasfilm. Yeah, I saw that. And they're going to be making another Star Wars. Is that for, for real? Yeah. It's for real. I saw posts about that. I thought that was a joke. No, no, no. They bought Lucasfilm, like all of it. All, all of them. Right. So they'll just keep making Star Wars films until everybody dies, and then they'll make more? Yeah. yeah. I th- they're just going to continue to make them. And you know what? Out of the hands of George Lucas, maybe they'll be good. Maybe they'll be better. Well, what what Twitter has done in the last six hours is turned and said, you know who we need to get is Brad Bird. Brad Bird needs to direct all of the guy who did Iron Giant and the yeah, Incredibles. He a, and he was a director of The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he should have Star Wars. Ghost Protocol. Doug Benson's favorite movie, Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol. <laughs> is his it really favorite his favorite movie? movie? He just is his favorite movie to reference. Oh. Um, but the uh, what I hope that you know happens is just like uh, maybe better rides at Disneyland. That's the only thing I yeah, can really hope for. Yeah, that was the first thing I thought of. Yeah. Like, there might be a kick-ass Star Wars ride. And I, I haven't seen it. There any already of- is. There is? They revamped Star Tours. At Disneyland? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. And it's located in Tomorrowland. Here's a here's a fact about Tomorrowland. It's the only place in Disneyland where you can find payphones. In Tomorrowland. <laughs> well, they don't go with front. I always thought yeah. to, I always thought Tomorrowland was a Tom Schneider ride. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> We're here with old man Dwyer. From the guy who just made a Geritol reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank um, you for the same deal. Um, here, but speaking of Disney, one of my uh, w- one of my like safe places uh, when I'm stressed at work is uh, to listen to Pogo's the DJ Pogo's remix of Alice in Wonderland, where he just takes all the different parts of uh, little bits and pieces of Alice in Wonderland songs and puts them together. Uh, and I fucking would put this on a loop and just like zone out when I was having a bad day. It's fucking great. It's like a great meditation music. Which, the new Alice in Wonderland? No, no, like the original. Oh. Just taking little pieces. It sounds a little Bjorky. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Who put you put this in? Pogo. Pogo. Pogo made this. I don't know Pogo. He does like he just takes movies and like makes songs out of bits and pieces. But utilizing just stuff from the movies. Is it always just sort of relaxing? Some of them. Yeah. Fucking great. I've been getting so much into fucking Did he do Goodfellas? Oh man. Uh let's um you know let's let's check out a song. How about that, huh? 
All right. Yeah, let's do that. We're going to listen to uh, Neuronic Distress with uh, the song Until You Love Me Again. This goes out to you, Matt. Distress, neuronic distress, neuronic distress. I don't really know which how to how to say it, but it's from the album Coco Codependence, and the song is "Until You Love Me Again." Dwyer, you like that one? I liked it a lot. Where are they from? Oh, Jesus Christ! I can't ask a question around here. <laughs> I have like like limited screen space. Well, I don't like, know I this. Have a fucking bio of each and every band I play. Ask me where any band is from, and I'll tell you right now. Boston, Boston, Kansas, Topeka. <laughs> I would like to have all the information, but I have. I just have. I don't know. I just. I mean, you could have said I don't know, and we could have moved on. But you have to make it a deal. Do you need to work some things out? You know. You know. This is the week I'm not drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do need to work some things out. Yeah, it's on. <laughs> uh, Dwyer, um, we've been friends for a really long time. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I'm sorry to you because that's a lot of stress and a lot of things to put on you. No, no, no. It's it's a, a lot, lot of, of it's, a, it's a lot of uh, unexpected uh, text saying I love you. You're my <laughs> life. <laughs> I've never said you're my life. I feel it's important. <laughs> you seem pretty certain about that. <laughs> you are my life, Jonah. All right, I didn't, I... Matt. Matt is a is a comedian and a writer, and uh, we have been booking 
um, the Fuck Yeah Fest and now the FYF Fest uh, comedians since the very beginning. It's what, yeah. been eight years now? I'm very proud of that. That's how we met, actually. Yeah, we met through a weird fluke of circumstances. Because I saw a flyer at a coffee shop for the first FYF. And you saw that there was going to be comedy. And I just emailed the dude. I Literally, I was just like, I should do this. <laughs> and he was, I don't know, young enough to be like, yeah, I don't know you. I'll put you on. Yeah, and then he put you on. And then he emailed me saying like, hey, there's this guy that I, I met. He's really cool. Just totally vouch for you. I've never, I, I, I never met him either. That's the crazy yeah. thing. And I really, you know, when you then when that happens, you really just are going to assume this guy is going to suck. And it didn't. Oh, like, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, like it's like oh, who would you, who'd you meet? Who is just some guy that wants to do? Who is this guy? <laughs> I don't know his name. And and who who knew that we would become like his best buds? Yeah, we talk in one form or another almost every day. Yeah, that's true. And you, uh, a huge fan of music. You're from Chicago. Chicago yeah. The home of the blues. Home of the blues. Home of deep dish pizza. Yeah. And Scalia's beef. Oh, Roseanne. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's when I hear Chicago blues. I don't think of the Blues Brothers. I think of Roseanne <laughs> and the music. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like near the end of the, like the last couple seasons, they just like they're like, you know what? This song has lyrics. Now what's not killing us, making us stronger? Is that how that worked? I yeah. never. That's funny. And then they start doing all the weird morphing of uh, people throughout the years of yeah. growing up on the phone, on the show. Do you have a problem with me texting you that I love? No, at? I love it. I love it. I just sometimes, sometimes <laughs> they... It's never... Sometimes, oh, it sounds like I'm like about like uh, standing on a chair before a noose. It really just... I just want to let you know that you're one of my you're best an friends. emotional fucking cripple. <laughs> <laughs> See, Neil, you're doing it. I, that I, can't, I can't argue with that. Yeah. Um... <laughs> But you are you're like the one thing we uh, really have in common besides comedy is that we're both really into a lot of the same music, and we both kind of seem to push to find new bands. And you actually started. If a I had a dick, this is where I. Okay, Neil. Uh, remember how you were. You know like, really good. Hey, by the way, Jonah. You know who I never text and tell I love? Neil Mahoney. <laughs> Neil Mahoney gets texts like, "Hey, I'm glad we're writing together. I really respect your work. Never, I love you." Yeah. <laughs> God damn it! Um, it might just be a matter of limiting me to one of these two. Just, just the one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this is like too much for you. Yeah. Once we'll get we'll get a master uh, thing. Yes. Well, I'll get that app and then we'll like do a whole thing. Okay. Back to finding new music. No, I was going to talk about you. Um, you started your own podcast because you're a person. <laughs> <laughs> there was a void of uh, guys with glasses yeah. and plaid shirts who didn't have a podcast, so I thought I'd start one. Ironically, we, tonight, I'm neither of us wearing plaid shirts. You know, I I was wearing one, and then I and, and I was texting this girl because I was nervous about it matching my coat, and I was like, "Does this match?" And she's like, "Oh, that's a great shirt. Jonah's probably going to want to fuck you for that plaid shirt." <laughs> who said that? <laughs> this girl, Kelly Rose. All right, she's very attractive. <laughs> I have yet to be inside her. Uh, but she's been inside you, which is weird. <sighs> All right, let's get away from that. Uh, you started. Con- <laughs> you started conversations with Matt Dwyer. Yes, I did. And you've gotten to interview uh, a lot of interesting people, but a lot of crazy musicians. I've interviewed. Yeah, I, I try to. It started off that I would interview anybody, sort of like a Studs Terkel esque uh, type of like everybody has an interesting story to tell. Yeah. And that was really my goal, but then my weird uh, proclivities for uh, 
political subversives, uh, musicians, and artists. Are sort you of, really trying to sound smart right now? I've quoted something I've read off of a, a Noam Chomsky book that I found at a coffee shop, and I don't know what I said. I know it sounds good, though, because, you know, it attracts women. It does. In his best Woody Allen delivery. <laughs> I, just off, I just turned off the soundboard that had the Woody Allen. But, uh, oh, boy. Yeah, I've... Who did, oh, I've uh, Wayne Kramer of the MC5, David Yao of the Jesus Lizard. David Bazan of Pedro the Lion, and actually, Bazan's solo stuff is. A, I'm a big fan of his solo music. Is he still uh, really Christian? No, it's actually he did, and we he the episode that he did with me. We extensively talk about his uh, fall from Christ, as they say, a fall from Christ, and his uh, Curse Your Branches, which is two albums ago of his is entirely sort of his journey into not believing in God. And we talk about that a lot, about him suddenly just being like, looking at the world and being like, there's no fucking way a loving God has created this. Yeah. And it's... He's, it's test, a, he's testing us. He said, he, yeah, and it's like I asked him because I was a born-again Christian in high school as well. Really? Uh, yeah, I never fully bought into it. I was also doing like I'd show up to church kind of high in coke. <laughs> so I was. I know. think that's most born again Christians <laughs> are showing up uh, pretty blasted on something. I tried it for like a week. C- Christianity or, or coke? cocaine? <laughs> no, cocaine took a long time. Coke, coke was definitely closer to my heart than uh, Jesus, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I asked him if he ever had, like, those panics of, like, oh, my God, what if I'm wrong and there is a God? And he he expressed that, like, where he got angry about it. It was like, if this is how God makes me feel, then, like, he was like, fuck you. Like, fuck you for making me feel bad. Wow. It's actually, it's a great, not to plug my own show, but it's actually one of my favorite episodes because it's, like, covers. We talk about music and we talk about all these other things and then it gets real heavy and light. It's pretty. Yeah. But you never you never played music, did you? I play drums. Yeah. And I in was bands? in. Uh, you're seen in Chicago. So, were you you coming up? You playing? You is your drum rival Fred Armisen? What's going on? Here? Uh, <laughs> it's uh, no, and not Fred was. I played uh, in one band in high school. We played uh, three, maybe four songs. Uh, Flight of Icarus. Uh, See you in hell by Grim Reaper. Flight of Icarus was Iron Maiden, and then uh, there was another. Iron Maiden tune and I fucking hated that kind of metal but it's just uh, it's the only band I could play in you just like did you have double bass did you would you I did not have I had a I had a five piece pearl burnt orange drum set with uh, Sabian cymbals and a Zildjian ride let's let's (laughs) stop real quick yeah what's this fucking rhythmic pounding rolling again Neil do you want to put in a sound effect You were doing. You're doing really good. I know. I got to show restraint. That's the trick. You just you got to you got to do it right before people are about to forget about it, or right right at the moment right after. Less that is. Fart one was pretty good. The fart one. Was fart one was good. Great. But you know what? You could put that the entire time, and I would think it was great. <laughs> yeah. Well, love a fart. I love a fart noise. Okay. I love. Do you guys know farts? Farts kill me forever. Yeah. Do you, what's your do your best fart noise? <laughs> With your mouth. I, yeah, I was. <laughs> I'm sorry, I took off my pants. 
<laughs> Wait, that sounded like a computer frog. I'm, I'm trying not to <laughs> smile at the same time. <laughs> Remember that restraint you were that talking a, about, Neil? No, no, it was a robot <laughs> fart. Computer fart. <laughs> <laughs> That's so you need to do See, it. I, Hold on. Let's all, let's, we'll all get our turn, Cash. I have, uh, when I actually fart, often it's, as my one of my ex-girlfriends called it, she's like, you fart like it's an underwater sea ping. Because it'd be like, boop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Cash, good deal, fart. Okay, you. If that's the first n- noise you go for, you need to check your diet. <laughs> that is not a. That is not a healthy boom, Neil. <laughs> Neil without the soundboard. Neil without the soundboard. All right. That's my favorite one. That's good. Uh, let me actually show you my favorite one. With your hands. That sounds. That's, I've had that. I remember one time I was uh, I was going I was going to the bathroom. I was peeing, and then that kind of like weep fart came out, and my reaction to it out loud was oh, <laughs> it was adorable. Because compared to how they can be, you know, like yeah, mine are either the underwater seeping or it's like a flughorn. Or like I had. There was one time I was uh, making out with a girl for the first time, like we were dating and we started making out, and like out of nowhere I got that stomach cramp, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna like, f- like," and she rolled over on top of me. I was like, "Oh," like I was fighting it for like a half hour, and then she finally she left. And I was like, "Oh, thank God," and I just was like, bah! and then with like a ball of shit, <laughs> like like hitting one of those. Yeah, it was like a Coltrane solo with like a baseball hitting one of those Johnny Bench pitchbacks. <laughs> All right, we're gonna uh, we're gonna pause for another song, and then when we get back, we're gonna talk to Matt about uh, how the old timey guys used to sing. Uh, here's a song by Red Queen Hypothesis with the song "Hot Rack Boat Face." <laughs> I'm going to say the sound of the thermals, but with a little bit of the old uh, staccato uh, sebado uh, kind of. Uh, yeah, a little little speedier. Yeah. But just like, you know, uh, you know, fucking license to confuse. Music, that time is perfect. I'm a very busy guy. I don't have time for long songs. So it's like, get to it. Get I out. Love, I love a long song. I love it. You, uh, well, you're a big Yes fan. <laughs> no. that's one of the, that's, uh, If I were to do a one-word one review of that band, it would be. Opposite of the band name. ELP. Big ELP fan. Yeah. Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. You know All right. So, Dwyer, uh, you, ha- you, you have a, um, you have a uh, stand-up act uh, where you talk about 
uh, first off, like I, I love this bit. It's the uh, it's a bit about uh, scat. Oh yeah. Uh, not the not not shit, but not scatological. But, but like uh, scatting in jazz. Yeah. Oh, it was just it, the whole gag is like, uh, how did scat jazz music get invented? Like some guys were standing around, was like, hey, let's start a band. Uh, Carl, you're pretty good at bass, and Bob, you play drums. What is it you do, Tom? Uh, I talk like a stroke victim. <laughs> let's do this. And I, I think about that stuff a lot, where it's uh, you know you hear these guys going, it's like ah, no one sings like they used to. But you think about like uh, you know Frank Sinatra, who just sounds like he's berating a child. <laughs> Hey, why don't you get out of my bed? <laughs> Will you add, help me add the bit to that, uh, the scat bit of like, old-timey si- Oh, nobody sings like the old-timey singers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you got... Um, you know, like you just... Like, what a wonderful world. Like, it's like, it's a fucking... It sounds like he's got a fucking... A, a, a frog in his throat. And everyone's like, that's singing. That's the good stuff. That's the good stuff. They don't make it like they use it. Don't, don't, they do <laughs> But it's, it's just crazy that, like, no one, you like, they're going to say, there's no singing anymore. But that's not, that's, like, fucking crazy. That sounds like a fucking death metal band. I love Louis Armstrong, but it's like, at the time, there must have been people being like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> there must have been people that just, like, you know, what was the music before? Was there singing before that? <laughs> <laughs> That was just before that. It was just people like white people standing around a piano. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Like that weird parlor singing. Like how? You, you know, like the uh, like Downton Abbey. Yeah, thank you. I don't like uh, the richest daughter would stand next to a piano and sing. Have you not seen dinner. Boardwalk Empire? You guys are talking about two different things. One's What's still to- the twenties? Yeah, yeah it's basically it was basically World War One. It was tradition right. that people would entertain after dinner and holidays. People would stand around a piano and sing like, "Camp Town Lady, sing this song, Doodar." Yeah, Doodar. That's the uh, blaz- I- that's the Blazing Saddles pronunciation <laughs> of that song. No, I made a song, a real song. <laughs> um, Camp Town Lady. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Doodar. Um, what was I thinking about? And they're off. Neil, you know, since you the since this started, you st- stopped chiming in completely with your voice. I cannot pay attention to two things. <laughs> See, what was this? Is my problem before? It, Neil's become the uh, Harpo let, Marx of your podcast. Let, like here, if it's a little late, it's okay. I'd okay. rather you, be, you know. And Cash, you're just sitting there. Yeah, I really am. I don't understand the issue. Well, uh, what it is is I'm trying to memorize this board so I know. Exactly what, where to go to? Or no, what I have at my fingertips so that I can listen to the conversation and then Bing. Yeah, like, yeah. have it be quick. So I'm constantly scanning it trying to remember, what do I have? What do I have? Oh, he's talking about Louis Armstrong. Is Louis Armstrong on this soundboard? <laughs> right. And if you don't get it, no big deal. Yeah, I know. You didn't want to explore old-timey music because you mock me because I, I actually yeah, listen to it. What's it like being a jazz bow? A jazz bow? I do listen. I listen to a lot of, but I do mostly at home. It's mostly, uh, it's mostly dead black guy music. Yeah, <laughs> you love your old, your old Hip-hop? jazz. Oh, your old blues. Did, actually, I've been listening to. Mo- I'm on a real. So you big listen old to school. like you listen to like the down home blues, like the Oh Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it just makes me pine for a better time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When it was actually, dusty everywhere. Oh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Everywhere. 
<laughs> the town I just, home blues. I, I think the world blues was better hammers. when it was just soup kitchens and uh, <laughs> yeah. dust bowl. It's funny. I read, uh, you talk about Louis Armstrong and how he's sort of old and weird and all that stuff, but I read his... Uh, <laughs> Oh man! Wait a minute! You're yelling at me because I'm not contributing. You're just baiting me into the song. No, that's not that's not the case. But it was a nice side effect. (laughs) (laughs) Back on top. So you read a book about Louis Armstrong. What did it say? Uh, It was his book. It was his autobiography of his life in New Orleans before he left New Orleans. (laughs) And uh, uh, he. Casually references how he had to cut his wife's face because she wasn't earning. She he was he married a whore and made her his first whore and put her out on the street. Oh, Louis Armstrong was a pimp. Louis Armstrong was a very big pimp and like a bad, bad, bad. I never knew that. About, I knew a lot. Of, like I know Miles Davis was a pimp. Like a lot of those old school jazz yeah. guys. Uh, yeah. Was it before they uh, started? Um that's right. We're talking about sex. <laughs> <laughs> kind of pimpish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it before when? Uh, was it before they were earning as uh, musicians, or was it just this like no, a fucking Miles, icing on the fucking pimp cake? Kind of. Yeah. I know yeah. for Miles, it was a lot of it was to uh, supplement his heroin addiction. Oh, okay. Yeah. I uh, the the reason I read the book, I took a class on like weird jazz culture, and my my professor was. Like, was it a class on weird jazz culture? I <laughs> <laughs> was. It, for, Class on jazz culture. Oh, because I took a college class that was just uh, zany jazz culture. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It was more just bebop and uh, <laughs> Dixieland jazz. For real? Spent a month no. Yeah, I, I college. <laughs> <laughs> just for the record, one of the best jazz autobiographies is Miles Davis. It's it's pretty awesome. Really? It's just it's like somebody just transcribed him talking, and it's just like motherfucker this, and, mother-, and then I fucking slap that motherfucker. It's like that. Wow, that's he was it. A, he was a crazy asshole, wasn't he? He was. He. He's a Were known... there any nice old musicians? Think of even Bing Crosby, a dude fucking beat up his family. Yeah, like with a golf club. Is that a new? Uh, <laughs> I heard uh, Coltrane was pretty great. Yeah? Coltrane was really cool and very spiritual. Kind of uh, cool. Well, if you say spiritual, then it just seems like he's he was scared to do anything bad because of the <laughs> ramifications. Oh, no, like his music was his means of religion. His music was his bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it, it's also... And uh, sort of it, going back to what I what I just said, uh, it was uh, the '40s hip hop. It was the '30s hip hop. Like, I mean, how many of those dudes now? Like, you had the the culture of this is the criminality. The criminality of the culture went along with the music. But yeah, I guess. But so did uh, I, there was a lot. I think musicians just back in the day. If you were going to make a life as a musician, you were going to end up being somewhat of a criminal. Like a lot of those, uh, a lot of the guys. You know, like Johnny Cash, and they were just all into speed, and you know. Uh, yeah, you're already an out on the out fringe of society as it is. Yeah, by, and then and, in that time, being also not white, I guess would even. Yeah, and it's like you know, even like, but like you're saying, Johnny Cash, those guys like really were sort of, you know, searching through the underbelly and sort of that. I mean, that was what they were writing about, and that's what yeah they're yeah. exploring. Do you think they went? They leaned that way to write that music, or do you think they just kind of wrote the well, music off of what they knew? I mean, all music, at, at a certain point, music, sort of at the beginning of the 20th century, music was all religious, and then the secular became an option, and then it was sort of the minority option for a long time, where it was, if you learned how to play music, 
chances are you learned how to play it for church to perform at church. Oh, that's a good point. And you know, uh, little Richard talks about all that, all that sort of stuff. Is like he was doing all this stuff that would, and people reacted to it like it was fucking Marilyn Manson in 1997 or 96 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Where it was just like, just because you're performing music that's not about God makes it an evil thing. And a lot of those bebop guys, too, is they were like, because most of it was improvised, so they're like, they said, like, if you have to rediscover what you do every night and make it completely different than you did the night before, like, you're going to start exploring other avenues to help you get there. And yeah. unfortunately, it's like heroin and... How, how is that unfortunate? It's uh, <laughs> a good point, especially if you're a dealer. When, what, how old? How old were you uh, when you started really getting into music? When you started, I was. It was really young. I, uh, un- I was unfortunate that my parents were not musically. Like my dad, my parents had the Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid soundtrack, <laughs> some Anne Murray, some Barry Manilow. That's Burt Bacharach, right? On that on that soundtrack, it is Burt Bacharach yeah, right, and uh, B.J. Thomas doing uh, "Raindrops Falling on My Head." So your parents oh, yeah. owned the whitest. Ra- was this also on white vinyl? How white was all this music <laughs> that you're listening to? Yeah, it, uh, they got it from. It was what they called the David Duke Collection. <laughs> <laughs> and then my brothers listened to. The worst fucking music on earth, like, uh, you know, uh, fucking Rush, yes. That's not the worst. It's not the it's best. How could... I have so, to, I have if to those are the bands that were able to, like, make rock and roll somehow more indulgent than free jazz. Those are the... Yeah. They were the predecessors of cock rock. Yeah. And I hate cock rock. Well, no, because it was, it was too intellectual. It was like... So uh, it was but, like but there was also was like other... Rock. It was oh, like okay, so let me... Then ass. BTO and Foghat. Let me take it back <laughs> down a few... Like Foghat... I never, I never understood... I never got into Cream... Because it was like Cream was like the idea. I've never gotten into Clapton, period. Just, dude, like uh, was Cream was the idea now. of just, hey, why don't we all solo all the time? <laughs> it's too bad Clapton didn't try to catch his baby and follow <laughs> after it. I think the God sent us that saved me is, is I would spend time at my grandparents' house, and they were the bar owners in Chicago. And they always, my grandfather treated his house like a bar, so he always had music playing, and he also had peanuts. He had like every t- every table in the house had peanuts, a bowl of peanuts and popcorn wow. on it. Dude did not like silence, huh? <laughs> you know, but like, but then he would play the old D station, and it would play Glenn Miller and the Mills Brothers, and that's where I sort of found into got into j- like that was the first music I actually really liked, and got into jazz, and I think that sort of spread out to, and then in high school, some dudes. Turned me on to uh, punk rock, and that yeah, was like that's the end. Punk rock and Tom Waits was like the sky opened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- th- a kid sent in, and I do mean a kid. He's sixteen years old. Um, he sent in a song, and uh, you know, just by saying, "Hey, I'm sixteen. I wrote, I write these songs by myself." <laughs> oh, he, oh, really? Uh, and um, the pop he fakes is what he uh, what he calls his music project. And this is kid sixteen, and this is uh, if this kid keeps it up. Like, listen to this track. It's it's called This Isn't It. Also the name of a very Stroke good... Song. Uh, no, that's This Is This Is, it, it. That's, is This It. This All Isn't right. It is the name of a, a giant drag song. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, but here, here's the, the poppy fakes. Fear they're laughing at 
that's the kind of uh, music I hear coming from a sixteen year old, and then I just get angry. Like, what if I just like really tried? What were you doing at sixteen? Sixteen, I was well, I was playing in bands, but you know, it was like crazy hardcore bands and and you know punk bands and stuff like that. To sort of be sixteen and have a a distinct sound that you're headed towards is like uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, because I think of what I was playing in a band at sixteen. It was just playing shitty covers, and it was awful. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think I have. This is a here's a, this is the band I was in when I was sixteen. So that's what I was into at 16. I, was, I thought uh, it, I really liked that. Oh, thanks. It yeah, spoke yeah. to me. Yeah, there was, uh, that was my band, 36 Chambers. We're all straight-edge kids. Uh, all Where'd that just, go? Uh, well, like most bands in Hawaii, you know, someone graduates high school or someone gets done with their term, uh, you know, <laughs> their, their term in, uh, at, in the military and they move away. <laughs> what were you playing? I was the drummer, the sloppy drummer. Oh, I see. I thought the drumming was pretty good. Oh, thanks. Uh, but like, yeah, that was that was what I was doing at sixteen. That's some pretty fast, tight drumming, actually. In my guy who should have, <laughs> who could maybe play in a Kinks cover or a, a Knack cover band. Oh, That's this this also uh, brings up a, a great thing. I think uh, with you, we we really relate on the argument where everyone's always talking about the Stones and the Beatles. Who's are you a Stones guy or a Beatles guy? But like, I think I and you and I are the same with this. Where we'd both rather listen to the Kinks and the Zombies. Any fucking day. Any fucking day. I actually, It was accidentally that I posted the, a tweet about that on the day John Lennon got sh- his death anniversary. You were tweeting when John Lennon got shot? <laughs> I've always been ahead of my time, Jonah. <laughs> no, what, but it just happened to be the anniversary of his death, and I, I tweeted, uh, Stones or Beatles? Kinks, I'll take kinks and zombies. Yeah. And people were like, fuck you. And I was like, I... Neil, do you not agree with that? Oh no! I would take Kinks. I would go Kinks, Stones, zomb- Zombies, Beatles. Really? Yeah. Well, Beatles. Kinks, yeah. My favorite thing that ever was said about the Beatles was Howard Kramer was saying uh, when people ask him, or when when someone asks you like, "What do you listen to?" and you say the Beatles, and he says, "Well, what what is your favorite thing to breathe air? <laughs> what do you like to eat? Food." Yeah, like, yeah, of course. Everyone of course likes the like Beatles. It. Like, show something that is indicative you of know, your personality. When I, at, at the record store, like you know, people would like we'd be playing the Beatles, and then people would start singing along. Like it's a, and you could see the guy kind of looking around because it would seems like he's trying to impress somebody. And my boss would always like sing back in their face. He's like, "You know this song too? <laughs> That's crazy! You know this song? You know Yellow Submarine? <laughs> I'd say ninety nine percent of the time the Beatles come on my." Like iTunes, just I'll hit skip. 
Yeah. It's like I don't need to, it's just like I've heard it so many fucking times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but that's that's a that's a weird thing to it's you know There's a couple, I'll turn off I'll turn off smells like teen spirit when it's on the radio. I'll skip it. I'll skip it. Oh, you don't put your head down and raise your fist? <laughs> uh yeah, there's In Utero is about the only album that I still really like to hear. Or uh, the Unplugged. You don't listen, you don't go back to Unplugged? I do. Oh, and Bleach. I actually still like Bleach. Bleach I, is- I like I like all of them. Uh it's hard to get past the production sound of Nevermind. Yeah. You know, yeah. especially after hearing them like on In Utero. But fuck In- it, if I don't listen to the Unplugged more than any any other Nirvana album. Which is it's like a covers album, right? Yeah, yeah no, I, it's I, my favorite with it too because I'm such a covers nut. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. just like mixing my chocolate and peanut butter. My guilty thing that I, is hard for me to people are always shocked that I have every Pearl Jam album. Yeah, oh, that really? was a thing that, uh, that people get really. Up. Well, no, it just doesn't seem like it's your thing. I, uh, I, I really respect a lot of. They're, I think I really like the, a lot of the music, but I also respect that they ke- kept their integrity and they do a lot of, like I know they did that shitty cover in the late nineties of. Uh, oh where oh where do my blah, blah, blah. <laughs> now you just turn into an O'Connell song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well, th- that they gave every dime that song made to like. Uh, Balkan rape victim, and it was like it was <laughs> like Balkan Balkan rape victim, not that just sounds, one. That they sounds, were just like, there's been thousands like of you. That sounds like my favorite <laughs> fucking grindcore band ever. Have you checked out the new five inch record from Balkan rape victim? My oh, God. that was actually uh, Kevin Dorf, not to name drop, writer for Conan. But uh, when we lived in Chicago, we were going through the Reader, and we were looking for like we're like, let's go see a band, and there was a thing at the Metro. It said tonight. Balkan Rape Coalition were like, oh, that sounds awesome. And it, it was a benefit concert. It was like a... But we're like, that's a great name for a band. Oh, my God. You know, there was this. Uh, there was a band that we were friends with in Hawaii, and uh, they had a guy named uh, Josh Benton in it, and they were always talking about, like, like you know, firing him out of the band. And we were going to start a joke band with all the guys from that band and us. And we're going to call it uh, Bent on Dismissal. (laughs) We never played a show, but we did put it on a couple flyers. (laughs) That was the probably one of my favorite things about growing up. Like I I was never much in bands when I was in high school. Um, I played in a couple bands, like transitioning out of high school and into college, but. Fucking making flyers was the best. Oh, just going to Kinko's. So much fun. <laughs> trying to scam Kinko's, like trying to like fuck up the counter so you they can't yeah. tell how many <laughs> things you made or how many copies you made, and just cutting up shit and putting it on, yeah. gluing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, like going just we buy cat fancy magazines and then just do like <laughs> like an eleven inch high, just like weird like ominous cat face, and then hand lettering it. Or remember, you used to have to go buy those weird packs of like font letters. Yeah, that you would have to. Oh, like, you have to rub, rub them out. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Fucking paper. I remember uh, I uh, I had I put together a flyer for a show, and I had this uh, this uh, Richard Belzer fake How to Be a Comedian <laughs> book. It was really funny. But uh, did I talk about this? Or was, was it a, a fake no. book on his behalf or a fake book for no, you? It was like it was a fake book, like on his behalf. It was like How to Be a Stand Up. He was making fun of How to Be a Stand Up Comedian books. And it was just like, here are the different types of comedy you can get to. And each joke was always about like a dick. And it was just like, um, you know, ventriloquist. Like, it's like, my dick is talking. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, um, 
uh, like Jewish comic, my dick is so small, like you know, or like, uh, and then it was like a black comedian, and it's just him with this huge Afro wig, uh, going, <laughs> my dick is so big, and he's holding like this giant pencil, and it said black comedian slash prop comedian, <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and so I put, I thought it was just so funny, so I put that on the flyer, and I'm passing them out at school, and then some like uh, the security guard guy was a like uh, brother, you passing these out. And I was like, yeah, because, uh, you know, security guards are very, very educated. And, um, <laughs> and he's like, you, you passing these out. This racist bullshit. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, my dick is so big. Think that funny. Think that funny. So big. Black guy got big dick, eh? And I was like, this is a fucking joke. It's just the Richard Belzer. It's the first guy to argue against the big dick stereotype <laughs> yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't you know we're incredibly yeah. small, man? Yeah, well, this, this was, a, this was a, just a, like a local like a Samoan dude. But, uh, <laughs> oh, Samoans are well known for their small dicks. <laughs> <laughs> they just, not, not pretty, no, Samoan. they're gigantic. They just can't, you can't tell because the rest of them are so fucking big. <laughs> All right, let's check out another song. This song is by the band You Blow It! With an exclamation point. Uh, and the song Pinball House. I was track sweet track by you blew it you blew it the uh the um album is called grow up dude (laughs) (laughs) 
Do they use everything my father said to me <laughs> to uh, name their stuff? They sound incredibly 90s. But that seems like the kind of like a thing that's going and on these, right now. These guys are like 21. They weren't around. Like, it's just awesome that they're just like fucking pulling out that shit, you know? Is that the music they heard their parents play? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, but like, that's, really, it's that's a possibility now. Yeah, well, parents are like older brother kind of stuff because everyone that's there's always like the older brother or the uncle or the weird cousin that was still living in someone's house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then and, like uh, they were like you know eleven. Yeah, there, it's there's part of me that's like, do I like that because it drums up the years Nostalgia? when I used to sleep with attractive women? <laughs> <laughs> well, it reminds me of a time where I got to sleep with no women, uh, and I still like it. So there's your uh, there's your point. Um, that's on a. They're on a very good label called Top Shelf Records, but it's. Uh, you should check out that album. I would ask you where Top Shelf is, but every time I ask a question, you get mad at me. I do. I don't like <laughs> everyone knowing how little I know, and it just becomes apparent the more I talk. Uh, you. Guys, I refuse to Google it when I get home. I don't know what that is. Because uh, it's the nineties, and we're no, no, no. The... We're a Bing family. Here. <laughs> <laughs> every, everything you see around you. Everyone drinks Bing. Billy beer in this house. Has anyone done the mashup in sync clown posse? <laughs> <laughs> Can someone please make that album artwork for me, and maybe a song in in sync clown posse? Um, you guys, uh, during the last song, you guys got into a conversation about. Uh, about weights, Tom Waits, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Which we? I was you. You have you, a podcast. What do you do on it? Do you not talk, or do you just stare at the person? You took a pause, like you were leading up to something. <laughs> yes, the conversation. I'm you two were. Having. I was. I was weaned on pinter pauses. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought you were getting to a headier point. <laughs> <laughs> You guys were talking about Tom Waits. I saw Tom Waits live twice in Chicago Mule Variations. I'm I'm the best. You are. (laughs) You talk about how you're like a Waits guy, and then uh, you, uh, Chash, you brought up like his daughter. Uh, Yeah, yeah. His daughter went to college out in uh, Pomona or something like that. Is what? Yeah, she did, and she went. She was like a dorm across from my friend Annie, and Annie said that. She didn't paint a good picture of her father. Well, yeah. But it's like who – I don't paint a good picture of my father, but there's a reason yeah, for that he wasn't a good father. Yeah. Well, who's to say that Tom Waits is? His, his other the son piano is – piano man's been drinking. But his son is his drummer. His son has been touring with him for like five years now. And, yeah, but maybe that was like part of a you know mending bridges tour. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I stand corrected. That was called the mending bridges yeah, tour. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I knew of Tom Waits – Pretty much only as an actor until I was because of Mystery of, Men, or because of Four Hundred Blows, or weeds, uh, or Ironweed. I don't. I don't know. I just knew as like this reference point. I, I never knew any of his music. Was yeah, Dracula. Really. Because and of my friend Donald, like he was the guy that always. Yeah, you know, he was the one that told me about Zappa, then uh, Captain Beefheart, and you know he had Tom Waits. You know uh, that Tom Waits for me like. Does that really follow in the Zappa Beefheart? No, but it was just no, the, they, you know, they, the, the guy. A little bit actually, because yeah. Because his wife, he met his wife uh, when he was scoring One from the Heart by Francis Ford Coppola, and that was kind of the big transition in his music, because up to then it was kind of very jazzy, bluesy, like piano has been drinking. And then that shifted him into the Frank's Wild Years trilogy, which is when he got really experimental, and that's when I first discovered him. 
Because I, I heard the first album I heard by him was Swordfish Trombone, and it was like this. It was just like, oh, you can do this with music. Yeah. What's that? Swordfish Trombone, Trout Mask, Replica. What is up with these guys and their experimental fucking fish? Yeah, this is like that's how like our friend Demores Brown names things. He just fucking <laughs> opens a book and points to a word. That's actually how they think that Swordfish Trombone came from his kid's uh, alphabetic uh, alphabetic. Yes. Like his, it was a book about alphabetics, and it was swordfish trombone, which yeah. is alphabetic. I think there's an alphabetic uh, pandemic in America right <laughs> pandemic. now. Pandemic. Uh, that's that's great. Yeah, I, I like him. He's not a guy. He, Tom Waits isn't anyone that I would throw on. I just don't really throw there's, in a lot of Tom. Waits. There's a couple of albums like uh, Nighthawks at the Diner, which is he basically was. I guess he was having trouble recording an album, and uh, he had been doing a bunch of live shows, so he decided to turn. The uh, the studio into a bar and brought in waitresses and tables and stuff like that. That's a great album to just put on. And then there's stuff like uh, uh, Ghost of a Saturday Night, which is just it's the perfect song if you've ever worked in a bar and are closing up at like two. Uh, no, it's not because th- w- then what is fucking closing time and Piano Man. Mm. Uh, you yeah. mean uh, he also wrote Closing Time? Yeah. One last also call for basketballs. <laughs> also, the name of his first album was Closing Time. I actually have a weird bootleg version of uh, Nighthawks at the really? time, where it was a radio show that he did, where they and they played it, and it's just like really. What do you guys think about the uh, later day stuff? Uh, you know, starting in the two thousands, like was it at Blood Money and then Alice, two albums that came out at the same time. Well, just, yeah, those were both. Was it Blood Money and they, Alice were both operas that he? They had came thought. out at the same time. Yeah. I remember the uh, the way we would describe it. People would be like, "Well, what's 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 the difference between them?" Because they came out the same day, and uh, we would go, "Well, Alice is more the oh, well, Blood Money is more the That's track three. That's pretty accurate. Yeah, some great scatting right there. I like trying to scat with only using consonants. It's like a, and that's his percussion uh, section. Yeah, so yeah. I uh, actually, I mean, there's some hits and misses on those albums, but yeah. I uh, the, the, overall, there's like stuff I'll listen to repeatedly. God's Away on Business is a great song uh, from I think that's from Blood Money. That is Blood Money. Uh, that's a great song. Tabletop Joe is a great song, which is just this song about a guy who's only ahead, and it's like a, this weird like blues song. That's just like I'm a guy, and I sit on a tabletop on uh, orphans, ballers, and whatever that. Up. There's a thing he he does a cover or he puts music to a Bukowski poem. Yeah, that is isn't all of his music to a Bukowski <laughs> yeah. poem. Yeah, basically. But it's actually, and it's like one of the non like Bukowski poems where it's like I'm drunk and fucking some fat girl. It's like this like sweet moment of stopping at a diner on a bus trip, and it's like. I, not to sound like a weirdo, but it makes me, it's called Nirvana. Is it? Okay, yeah, cause he, and it he's makes me quite weepy. From very early on, that's all about him on a bus, stopping at a diner, seeing a girl. So I, it's it's funny how it 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 may be that he saw. It that. might be the same song. Yeah, maybe uh, I don't know. Uh, the, but the ballers, brawlers, and orphans, or whatever the hell, orphans, ballers, brawlers. That's a lot of covers and B sides, covers and, and B sides and stuff like that. But it's a good good approximation of. Uh, a lot of yelly stuff. He does get yelly in the uh, like uh, in the nineties. He yeah. goes from trying to croon and trying to have some emotion in his voice to just like I'm I'm yelling. But I think the 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 thing about Tom Waits is like no, if you like him or you don't, it's like 
at the core, it's greatly written songs. A lot of them are amazing songs. Yeah. But it's also, the guy has a sound that nobody's, and you can't copy it. No, he's Tom Waits. Yeah, yeah. Which is, that alone is like. That's legendary. And yeah, that's to have your own sound and is he'll, pretty and, impossible. Know, he, and he's not the biggest uh, musician in the world, but he has his audience, and he'll always just be that guy. He'll always be Tom Waits. He can only be Tom Waits, and then no one else can. Yeah. Well, and and yeah, if you try to copy that, you're it's like you sound every, like a fraud. Do everybody will or call you out on Scarlett it. Johansson? We'll the s- only time it's been done right. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Or. Uh, for comedy fans, the entry point for Tom Waits would be old Conan episodes where Tommy Blacha of Bedlocalypse impersonates Tom Waits. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he, he used to always do like Tom Waits bits, and they would kind of light him from behind so you can see his face. And oh, that's just funny. Sit and pretend to play piano and go. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Really? <laughs> can we? I don't. Wait, what? But, oh, well, I, thought well, we I mean, Jonah, you have you have a nice, wonderful girlfriend to crawl into a warm bed with, and I have a studio in Glendale that needs to be swept, and my laundry, dirty laundries. I just them. thought I thought Cash was saying that we were almost getting close. Well, we can keep on talking. The piano's been weeping. <laughs> yeah. Which is actually, I think, a type of trombone that was used in a Tom Waits song. Yeah, I was going to say my Glendale apartment is a Tom Waits song. <laughs> Which is the name of your first comedy album. <laughs> I'll never have one of those. <laughs> oh, Don't you have to leave the house to have a comedy album? Yeah, I think you do. Thanks for having me out of the house. You should uh... The pier. Here's something that here's something funny that happened tonight is that we went to go uh, get uh, dinner and then uh, oh, yes. you and uh, Neil just start walking away. Wait, whoa, whoa, oh, whoa, 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 whoa! It wasn't like that. First of all, I told you numerous, numerous of times, yeah, that I was gonna walk to the venue of yeah. our dinner, mm-hmm. and then after dinner. And Neil we, K we, got a ride over with me. Yeah. Right. So you knew we weren't going to be driving anywhere. Yeah. But when you guys confidently walked away, I was like, well, clearly. <laughs> well, I said you. Matt drove and he told Neil and I. I, I, I texted yeah. you before I left my house. I'm walking. <laughs> I'm walking here. That's how I took that. I thought someone almost hit you. Oh, my endless Rizzo. So we were running Rizzo, late at the end of our dinner and uh, Cash had already showed up here to the studio. And uh, I said, oh, in order to save time, Jonah, why don't you go back? And then I'll get a ride with Matt, and we'll grab... Oh, I didn't hear you say that. We'll grab beer for cash, and then we'll meet you back there. And everyone was like, great plan! <laughs> Did you really say I'll drive with Matt? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah. I, I heard I'll drive. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so then, <laughs> and then Jonah leaves, <laughs> and Matt and I are walking with our six-pack of Coors Banquet beers in cans. Mm-hmm. And- cool is. And then we uh, about four blocks. Uh, yeah. Oh, I think it was more than that. <laughs> Matt just me goes, "Where'd you park?" <laughs> I, said, I was about to ask you the same thing, and then I remembered that uh, Matt's car is uh, not safe after dark, and that we would not be driving in his car. And then we, yeah, we got a late start. I think that's why everyone's a little off tonight. That's my yeah. uh, that's my uh, late night HBO show. Matt Dwyer, not safe after dark. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just you wearing sunglasses bumping into things. <laughs> That's why it's on late at night. It's not interesting. <laughs> yeah, because we waited for a half hour in a parking lot for a cab yeah. that never came. Yeah. And don't think those beers didn't get slightly unopened. <laughs> <laughs> By slightly unopened, I mean opened. <laughs> he just sat there in that parking lot, slurred him back, knowing that no cop, no politician could take away that moment from you forever. Well, no, they quite easily could have if they had showed up and I had gone to true. jail. So I'll just take that off there. Yeah, yeah, Do you have any Jimmy Buffett in that sample box? <laughs> <laughs> Not this week. You're kind of cramping my style here. <laughs> this was my job to play. It was. It was. But you have a hard time multitasking, it seems. I do. You're, I'll get better. You're an editor. Yeah, I do one thing at a you time. You listen to podcasts oh. and you edit. No. Well, I tried to do that for a couple of years. It kinda... For a couple yeah. of years? My work suffered. <laughs> <laughs> I can point... To my IMDb page, and you can kind of see the era that that was happening. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, oh, and then, well, let's end on this maybe, because I was trying to make that horror. You have a, you've been breathing into that mic <laughs> all night. You put me in a room with three hot guys. How could I not? <laughs> Aren't you the worst? One I've been writing Roy bits for David Kector, so I, I just have to justify by stealing that bit. Yeah, yeah. But the, it's um, like in my brain for the last six days. But that feeling of being left behind, also my phone had died, so I had no way to communicate oh, or no God. way to fill my time while we were standing on a curb. And then I said, how can I relate this back to something worthwhile for the show? And that's the kind of thing that happens when you go to concerts. Like, you get oh, separated totally. from your friends. They leave. Someone hooks up with a girl. That guy had the keys to the van or whatever. Yeah. And Richard Linklater has a film. <laughs> <laughs> but like, and then I was trying to think of, like, the most analogous experience I've had. And, like, and it kind of went on a tangent. Like, the longest I ever drove to go see a show. Like, we grew up on Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and we drove to New York City to see a band play what we thought was like their final show. And I mean, that's a four and a half, five hour drive. What was the band? Don Caballero. Okay. Uh, and we drove in St. Mark's place and I paid $8 on an ATM fee. <laughs> to Jesus. Take out, to wow. take out like $40. And I was like, this is the big city. <laughs> Not just, oh, this is a super shady ATM on a street corner not affiliated with any business in the area. Yeah. But, uh, like, that was the feeling it was. Because, like, we were out in wherever we were. Eagle Rock. Eagle Rock. And things were shutting down. And it felt way later than it really was. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if we're going to make it out of here, man. Because we called a cab and they didn't come. And then we were just like... And I didn't have a phone. I couldn't call anyone I knew because I don't know phone numbers anymore. Yeah. Did you ever get ditched? Like uh, purposely ditched? I, I That happened to me yeah. once. You uh, mean my entire social yeah. life? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that happened to me once. Like, I was walking around uh, like you know downtown in my town and two guys came by. They were, hey, let's go drive around. I was like, all right. So I got in the car with them. We went to like kind of like to the next town over uh, and we just went looking for another friend. And then I went to the bathroom. I came out and I just see them driving away laughing. Oof. And then I just does that started the trek back. Sort of because I had that I didn't have that, but I had equally as horrible stories. I remember seeing uh, this is going to show my age. Dead men don't wear plaid. Yeah, and I was like with two friends, and then like as soon as the lights went out, my friend dumped an entire 
bucket of popcorn on my face and uh, and a soda. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, it gets better. And you're still Andy. calling him your friend. <laughs> well, yeah, in hindsight, he wasn't. And oh, and he punched me. And what? I was like, <laughs> and I was like sitting there in the movie theater trying not to cry. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to oh. roll with it. Like, it's, you know, it's fun. And it's, <laughs> I'm in on like, the joke. Yeah. But I'm like, like shaking like I'm not crying. <laughs> oh my god, how humiliating. That's an expensive. Was it your popcorn and soda and a fist? <laughs> <laughs> they made me punch myself with my own fist. Yeah. Cuz that's like if that was his stuff, that's an expensive prank. Yeah. Well, the movie was over so he's probably done. Yeah. Whatever he's doing with those. And in uh, hindsight. No, that, you said it was right when the lights went out. It was out. right at the top of the. Oh, yeah. I had to sit on. through the whole film, like, humiliated. Ooh. Yeah. That's a no. Oh, uh, that's rough. That's fucking horrible. I got pushed down a few hills. We didn't drive, but it was, like, out in the country. So, like, hey, let's go hang out. And then we get to a place, and then it just pushed me down. Oh, that's just, like, a really bad murder attempt. (laughs) No more hills, guys. we got to push them off a cliff. (laughs) We didn't think this through. Yeah. Don't you know anything about physics? (laughs) He'll just roll away. But no getting ditched at concert stories? No getting lost at concerts? I I had a friend that that once he went to uh, Shoreline in... uh, Mountain View, which is out in the middle of nowhere. It doesn't matter town. where it is. Uh, he got he met up with some random people, went to a Denny's, and then they left him at the Denny's, and he decided he was going to walk home along the freeway. So no. he, he got about two exits down before Highway Patrol came along. He says, and my dad had always told me, he's like, the cops are there to help you out. Don't ever fight the cops or get, get in the way of the cops. So he's like, hey, can I get a ride home? They're like, yeah, sure, get in the back. And they went up. And exit, and then pulled off, and got off, and said, "Get off the, stay off the fucking highway." Oh, jeez. Well, they were the highway patrol. That's true. (laughs) That's not their jurisdiction off of those fucking ramps. Yeah. I um, I don't know if I ever got like got lost or anything. Oh yeah, Uh, it was when I first moved out to L.A. I was uh, I got off for work late and get back to San Pedro, and everyone had already started pre-drinking before we were all going to go to this show at some loft space downtown. Downtown at this time. This is 2001. Still really sketchy in most of the area. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we, we, I like, I go, I got to catch up with everybody. So I just, I just like, you know, half whiskey, half cherry Coke in a, like a little bottle. Uh, I was probably a little bit off on the halves. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just, I, I drink it really fast. And then uh, right when we get there, I walk in and some guy I know, he's like, hey, man. I was like, hey, what's going on? He's like, you want a beer? I said, sure. He's like, here's another one, just so you don't ask me later. I was like, this is fucking turning out to be a great night. And then I uh, I drink one beer. It was warm. And then I, uh, I like, uh, like the uh, a band started playing. I was like, oh, fuck, I love this band. So I just, like, I didn't want to have the beer in, the, like, the, you know, dance area and spill it. So I just chugged that one, too. And then, like, I go and I start kind of jumping around <laughs> and having fun. And it just created a fucking storm in my belly. And I was like, oh. I got to go. I got to <laughs> throw up somewhere because I just fucking made a bad stew. And I, I go try to find the bathroom. Huge line. No one's budging. I was like, I got to I gotta throw up. And they're like, nope, nothing. So then I uh, I go downstairs. I try to find like – it's like this empty building downtown. And I'm just like looking. But there's people everywhere. And I can't find a place to go. And I finally get outside. And I, I was about to – I see a cop. I was like, ugh. And then I go around the corner. There's people hanging out. And I go, ugh. And then I find an alleyway finally. And I'm just so drunk at this time and I'm wobbling around. And I just start puking in this alleyway. But at the same time, I realize I have to pee. 
So I, I start, I put my head one way and I start putting my dick the other way and I'm just like peeing one way and puking the other way and then I lose my balance and I fall right back to the wall and then I just like, I land on like leaning up against the wall, like, you know, my ass and I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God. And then all of a sudden I go, ah! and I, I, like I fucking looked at my watch and then fucking four hours had passed by. Oh. I had passed out. I had passed out. There was puke one way inside of me, pee the other <laughs> side, nothing on me. Check my wallet. I check my, uh, I, I, you know, I check my, my, like I'm still good. No phone. So I have to run back to the party. Party's been broken up. It's been done for hours. Oh. Oh. I'm just like, and I'm trying to explain to people, I just, I, I don't know where I am. I'm from Hawaii. <laughs> you gotta help me. And then I see this one guy that we didn't get along. Like he was kind of a guy that would come and hang around Pedro. And like I hooked up with a girl that he like was hanging out with one night, and we just did, was no good. We just had a bad yeah. vibe. But, but he was the only guy going back down to the South Bay. And I was like, listen, I know we've had our differences. <laughs> But you gotta help me, man. He's like, okay. And so we we get his car, and like I just you know like you know I'm just putting my head out the window, just letting the air hit me in the face. And I remember we're at a stoplight, and I hear, "Are you fucking wasted?" And then I open my eyes, and it's like literally a, a fucking convertible full of just like blonde hot chick models. <laughs> and I go, "What?" And then they go, "You fucking loser!" And threw a fucking full can of beer at my head. <laughs> 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 so we finally get back down to uh, we finally get back down there to Pedro and I'm like thanks for the ride and then I just take two steps and just fucking hurl in my front porch and then like I hear that people are still hanging out on the, the next door I go oh, I'll just go over there popped over another beer fell asleep on the porch oh <laughs> so yeah and that's you know, that's the thing that that was pre cell phone yeah pre cell phone no one you can't fucking just call anybody you can even fucking can yeah. barely call a cab. Yeah. I will say the lesson I learned tonight, everyone, is to write down a couple phone numbers, put it in your wallet. Yeah, I had that one. I had, the, I had a little booklet after yeah. that where I had all my phone numbers. I got really scared tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about not having phones. I fucking forgot how to wait. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I went like I was going to go get lunch with my friend. I go out front and I was like, I don't have my phone. Now we're just going to go get food. <sighs> Jesus. Well, how, what t- how much time has passed? What have, how long have I been out here? What am I doing? What do I think? Yeah, yeah. Because like when where we were, like Jake, our friend Jake lived right around the corner from where we were. And I was like, I don't know how to get a hold of him. <laughs> and then that's the thing, too. When there's a – now that they're – like when – you know, remember when there would be like a doorbell or a knock at the door when you're growing up? Oh. You just go, hey, someone's at the door. Yeah, and you go and you go and check it out. Someone yeah. is here. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's know. like everyone – it's like a – Catch a It's a bad thing show. when Dude, somebody's at the door. <laughs> someone's at the door. It's like, you know, Deanna – there will be a knock at the door. Deanna will look at each other like, do we pay all our bills? <laughs> Is it, is everything okay? Who you know, the they fuck? come to collect like the the gas and water bill at like eleven thirty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who the fuck? Who the fuck is here? Who did you, did you invite by? No, I'm not gonna answer. I'm Never. Gonna, I'm gonna start stopping by randomly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what uh, like last week or when I whenever I, when I stopped by to get my car that time. Uh, yeah, I was like, I better let these guys know I'm yeah. coming because <laughs> yeah. it's three o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday. I don't want to weird them out yeah. by just knocking on the door. And it was still weird. Well, Bronner, <laughs> Bronner stopped by my. I, was like, I felt like I can't just like pick up my car and not say anything. So I was like, I'm gonna stand in your living room for about a minute and a half, and then I'm gonna go. And it was right, nice. It was a nice visit. Yeah, it was fine, but yeah. it was just 
foreign. Like yeah. I've never done that. In Bronger stopped years. by my old apartment once, and I it was like when I I was just like sprawled out naked, <laughs> hung over, and it was like hot, and it was like dunk dunk dunk, and I was like, I can't go anywhere without putting like all the clothes are on the other side. So it's like I can't cross in front of Bronger without him seeing me naked. Oh Jesus! Treat for him. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> he has low expectations always. <laughs> uh, should we play a song and get out of here? Sure, let's do that. We're gonna um, end out the. Also, thank you so much for listening to Joan uh, Radio. Thanks to Matt Dwyer. Uh, you can hear him on Conversations with Matt Dwyer. Yay! Uh, his uh, iTunes podcasting. <sighs> My very leftist political rantings. You got a Black Panther on there. You got uh, a guy from the MC Five. You got uh, well, you David, got Yow David Yao. David Yao. You got like a lot of awesome people. This week is, uh, I don't know if it'll be the same time, but I have this independent journalist who uh, writes about how leftist groups have been labeled terrorists. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, it's actually... And this election right. season, quite heavy. Quite heavy. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. Uh, vote or don't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is going to be our last before the vote. Yeah, I guess... Uh, so, depending on what happens... This coming Tuesday, I'm voting Roseanne Barr. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever happens this coming Tuesday, you might hear uh, a fucking bunch of party music, or you might hear a bunch of Reagan era. Uh, <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Oh, like, that would uh, be like Reagan youth. And yeah, like, Reagan like, youth and adolescence. Yeah, all that stuff. All, we'll just try and find as many anti-Reagan songs as we can. Um, and uh, thank you to our ca our producer Cash Hartzell at Cash Hearts on the Twitter. Uh, Neil Mahoney, you can be found on Twitter at... Uh, at Murphy's Law, M-U-R-F-I-E-S underscore L-A-W. That's, that's my lawyer. And, and uh, Matt Dwyer, you are at Matt Dwyer. Matt underscore Dwyer. Matt underscore... You didn't, couldn't get there in time, huh? Uh, yeah, some yoga guy got ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He's got a hundred or thousand or something. Oh, wow. 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 Good. Really good at the yoga. We'll have him on next week. Um, <laughs> and I'm at Jonah Radio. We have uh, we have a Twitter account. It's at Jonah Radio, J O N A H R A Y D I O. And we have a Tumblr account. It's JonahRadio.tumblr.com. Please, uh, you know, subscribe to the podcast and leave a uh, oh god a review on iTunes. Thank you. Sorry, I burped. And if you check out that Tumblr, we'll have links to all of the music that you heard and some of the stuff that we reference as well. Yes, uh, and uh, so uh, everyone and everyone's been really cool uh, sending us friendly tweets and messages. And uh, if you are in a band or you have friends that are in a good band, uh, please uh, send us this stuff at uh, JonahRadio at gmail dot com. And you know, if we like it, we will throw it on. We're going to end the show now with a band called Ferris Cooler with their song "Feed Me to the." Someone just bumped <laughs> no, my car. A... I think. Oh wow! That's my car. All right, we're going to go check that out, and you're going to listen to Ferris Cooler. Yeah, feed me to the bees. Ah, the bees.
Now leaving Nerdist.com.